became concerned that this child will be discovered by the police of Firaun and what was going on at the time that all the male children were being slaughtered her child will also face the same fate so according to the inspiration that was given to her by Allah Ta'ala she put this child in that little box and this box flowed into the river and came and ended up right by the palace of Firaun and was eventually brought into the house of Fir'aun and presented to the wife of Fir'aun, Hazrat Asya radiallahu ta'ala anha. <coughs> this is the point to ponder on. On the one side, Musa Islam's mother is concerned that Fir'aun and his people must not get hold of this child. On the other side, Fir'aun has given the instruction to slaughter child upon child in order to finish off Musa the mother is trying to protect the child from Fir'aun and Fir'aun is after this very child and Allah Ta'ala brings this child right in Fir'aun's house all the arrangements are being made to kill this child off other children are being slaughtered this child is in Fir'aun's house now Musa mother is trying to protect the child from Fir'aun Allah Ta'ala brings the child into Fir'aun's hands and this is the Qudrat Allah Ta'ala wishes to display and demonstrate that that person who Allah Ta'ala wishes to save then he will be right in the hands of those who wish to finish him off and Allah Ta'ala will save him in that moment and if somebody Allah Ta'ala wishes to lift away his protection from that person he can be in the most fortified place, he can be far away, he can be secure in whatever he feels he has secured himself in but in the midst of all his security also whatever is meant to happen to him Allah Ta'ala will cause it to happen so this is the lesson in here is that Allah Ta'ala is showing us that the thing to do is to turn to Allah Ta'ala not to have trust in the means the means we will adopt the means we will do whatever is necessary within our capacity but the trust to be solely in Allah Ta'ala so here now this child is found in this box and Asya radiallahu ta'ala anha, she sees this child and she instantly is captured. So she brings the child and comes to Fir'aun. At that time, Ibn Abbas radiallahu ta'ala anha, who is narrating this incident, he says that it happened that the police of Fir'aun heard that there's a male child that has now come right into the palace of Fir'aun. So they came in and they said to Asya radiallahu anha that give us this child because we have been instructed to kill any Israeli child that is a boy. So we have to kill this child as well. So she said, no, hold on. This child is such a pleasant child. I will go and get part, the pardon from Fir'aun for this child. So if Fir'aun pardons him, that fine, this child can be left to love. Then you don't have to carry out any instruction because Fir'aun himself has now pardoned the child. 
So she brings a child and comes to Fir'aun and the next ayat Allah says وَقَالَتِ امْرَأَةُ فِرْعَوْنَ قُرَّةُ عَيْنٍ لِّي وَلَكَ لَا تَقْتُلُوهُ عَسَىٰ يَنْفَعَنَا أَوْ نَتَّخِذَهُ وَلَدَوْ وَهُمْ لَا يَشْعُرُونَ That the wife of Fir'aun came and she said that this child will be the coolness of our eyes قُرَّةُ عَيْنٍ لِّي وَلَكَ The coolness of my eyes and your eyes The coolness of the eyes is actually a figure of expression which means that it will be a source of comfort for us source of happiness, source of joy. So don't kill him. Perhaps he will benefit us later as he grows up. He will benefit us in some way. Or we will adopt him as a son. And they did not know, they did not know that this is the very child that everybody is looking for. This is the very child due to whom so many other children have been already slaughtered. The Mufassirin explained that on this occasion, when Fir'aun's wife came and said to him, قُرَّةُ عَيْنِ اللِّي وَلَكْ That this child is the coolness of my eye and your eye. Fir'aun said to her, maybe the coolness of your eye, not the coolness of mine. And the Abbas Adilano, the Mufassirin explained, that at that time had Fir'aun only accepted and also said the same thing, that yes, he'll be the coolness of our eyes. At that time, if he said these words, Allah Ta'ala would have made it so. Now why? As we discussed earlier, sometimes there are these special moments of acceptance. And that perhaps was that moment of acceptance, had he said it so, so obviously for Musa Salam to become the coolness of Fir'aun's eyes, there was only one way that Fir'aun too would have had to accept his Iman. Had Fir'aun accepted Iman, then he would have accepted him as the coolness of his eyes. But he did not he rejected, there wasn't any iman for him. So he became mahroom, he became deprived. The lesson in this is that there are many times positive things which are clearly positive. Now to say that this child will become the coolness of the eye, what was, what problem was there in it? But Firaun rejected it, not my eyes, maybe the coolness of yours. Something positive he rejected. This rejection resulted in such tremendous deprivation. Perpetual deprivation. Sometimes somebody is advising us something positively, somebody is suggesting something positive to us, but due to sometimes the ego, our position will now be affected in some way that I must accept this person's advice, who is he to tell me? And at that moment we reject something that is correct, something which is positive, something that is good for us, and that rejection, Allah forbid, could become the reason for tremendous deprivation behind it. It might on the surface just seem one thing. If there is something somebody is saying to us, somebody is advising us something, somebody is suggesting something to us, sometimes it's not in our capacity to take it on. Sometimes it might be appearing to be too much for us. So the least is that we acknowledge that what you are saying is right. That's the very least. That what you are saying, Jazakallah, I appreciate your advice, make dua for me. The least is that we acknowledge that what the person has advised us, he is doing the right thing. This is a very difficult thing often for people and this comes due to our nafs. That when somebody is advising us and we even recognize that this is the right thing, what the person is saying is correct. But then that takabur, batarul haq, وَغَمْتُ النَّاسِ Takabbur is rejecting the truth, 
We recognize the truth. We realize what the person is saying is correct. But who is he to tell it to me? Why is he telling me? So, this becomes a means of a person getting deprived very greatly. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us from this. Whenever somebody is saying something correct, somebody is advising us with something good, accept it. We can implement it immediately, well and good. We can't implement it, we accept the advice. But So in any case, Firaun now finally pardoned the child. He said, okay, fine. On the saying of his wife, he accepted. She said, this one child, if you're going to spare this one child, this is not going to cause any big difference to anything. This one child, spare this one child, what's the difference? And this is what Allah Ta'ala says, وَهُمْ لَا They didn't know the entire difference is in this child. Whatever they were doing was all because of this child. And this is the very child Allah Ta'ala is now bringing him right in the hands of Fir'aun. And making Fir'aun pardon him. Okay, leave this child. So this child now started growing up in the house of Fir'aun. Before that, what happened was, that now this child is a child, he needs to be fed from when he's floating in that river. On the other end, Musa Salaam's mother put him in that box as she was inspired and she let him float. After this box floated away, drifted away, Shaitan came and started putting doubts in her mind. Said, what did you do? Now she was divinely inspired, so what she did was correct. But Shaitan started coming and putting doubts in her mind. That what did you do? Don't you realize that this child now is going to be perhaps eaten up by some animals that are in this river? Is going to probably topple over and he'll drown in that river? All these thoughts. Now after all a child is a child and the mother is the mother. And these kind of thoughts that if this child was in your hands and even if he got slaughtered, then too you would have finally seen the child buried, that too would have been a closure. That too would have bring, started bringing some kind of closure to the situation. Now you are neither going to be alive nor dead. It's like a person neither living nor dead because if the person is in this constant turmoil, I don't know what happened. That is worse than death itself. Al-intizaru ashaddu min al-mawt. That waiting is worse than death. That is why this is a very, very wrong thing to do that a person does not keep his people informed about his movements if supposing it's out of schedule. Now, he's supposed to be at home by a certain time and 5 minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, half an hour, whatever it is, is expected. Sometimes there are some delays. Now he's sitting and having a very hearty chat with some friends and now half an hour, one hour, two hours are going and they can't get hold of him. And what not crosses the mind of others at that time, Allah knows best what happened now. Especially in the times that we live, that this waiting without knowing what's going on can become worse than the news of death also. And that is putting somebody in tremendous taklif. But unfortunately, these type of things, this aspect of mu'asharat, of social life, these are things that are not given any consideration that fine, life carries on now, mustn't make such a big hue and cry about something like this. I'm living, I'm fine, I'm alive now, I came back home. But had we turned the tables around the other way, then we would have known what happens. So this is actually cruel. But these 
aspects which Nabi Salaam has taught about Muasharat, the importance of not giving anybody taklif. These are things that are not given any importance. Yes, something that's beyond somebody's control, he just didn't have any means of informing, he got delayed beyond the normal time, and at that time his phone battery died and whatnot could can happen. All these things happen sometimes. What is beyond his control is beyond his control. But deliberately a person conducts himself in this way, this is sinful, this is giving taklif. So he should keep, whatever the position is, he should keep his people informed that fair, I'm delayed today, I'll be late, I'll be coming an hour late, two hours late, ten hours late. But there is some kind of knowledge of what's going on. So any case here, shaitan started putting these doubts that you have no idea what's going to happen. How did you ever do this? So as a result, she became very, very disturbed and she was in the state of bewilderment, not knowing what to do and it was very close that she would actually go and expose this. Mention it to people around that, look, please go and look. What happened to my child? I put my child in the river. And had she done this, then the whole secret would have been exposed that this is a child that has floated down the river, this is a child in our hand that we are looking for. So Allah Ta'ala speaks about this in the Quran Sharif, وَأَصْبَحَ فُعَادُ أُمِّ مُوسَى فَارِغًا That the heart of the mother of Musa alayhi salatu wasalam, Fariga, one meaning of this is, it became empty of every other concern and thought. The only thing that totally engulfed her heart was the concern of Musa alayhi salam. And as a result, it was close that she would now go and expose this. In Kadat Latubdibi. It was very close that she would now go and mention it to someone. But on the other end, she was somebody that was being receiving this divine assistance from Allah Ta'ala. So Allah Ta'ala says, In Kadat Latubdibihi Lawla Arrabatna Ala Qalbiha Litakuna Minal Mu'mineen. Had we not strengthened her heart in that critical moment, she would have said it, she would have mentioned it to someone. And had she mentioned it, this would have been a major problem. Now the lesson here again to take from all these things is, that what is Allah Ta'ala saying? Nothing is just by the way. Everything has a specific purpose, a blessing, a ibrat for us. Allah Ta'ala is saying, in kadat latubdi bihi, she would have exposed this, she would have mentioned it, she would have said it to someone, had we not strengthened her heart, lawla arrabatna ala qalbiha. Had we not made her heart firm and steadfast. The same wording comes elsewhere. In the incident that is mentioned in Surah Al-Kahf, where these youth, the lengthy incident, but in any case, the king of the time, these youth had accepted Islam, and now the king summoned them, the king was a Christian, and these youth were the only people now had come into Iman, they said, we can't carry on with this idol worship, this is something that does, just doesn't make sense, how can we worship these lifeless things? So in any case, they now brought Iman, and they were summoned, and now they have to answer to the king. Now they are in the court of the king, and they are being told, the, the point is very clear to them, that either they are going to be forced to accept, the, come back to Christianity, or their lives are going to be in danger. Now they are being questioned. So Allah Ta'ala says, وَرَبَّتْنَا عَلَىٰ قُلُوبِهِمْ إِذْ قَامُوا فَقَالُوا رَبُّنَا رَبُّ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ لَنْ نَدْعُوَ مِن دُونِهِ إِلَاهَا they are standing in the midst of all the forces of kufr. They are standing at the mercy of the king of the time. 
And in that time and in that place, Allah Ta'ala blessed them with that strength and with that courage to say what is the truth very clearly and plainly. But Allah Ta'ala commences this with the same words, وَرَبَّتْنَا عَلَىٰ قُلُوبِهِمْ That we strengthen their hearts. Rabbata literally means to tie. Something is tied up, it secures it. So we strengthen their hearts when they stood up at that moment in time and they said that our Rabb is the Rabb of the heavens and the earth. The creator and the Rabb of the heavens of the earth, we worship him alone. And لَن نَدْعُوَ مِن دُونِهِ إِلَهَا We will never worship anyone but Allah Ta'ala. But where did they get that courage from? From Allah Ta'ala's side. Now where does this courage come from Allah Ta'ala's side? It comes when a person turns sincerely to Allah Ta'ala. Then conditions will come, challenges will come, situations will come, circumstances will come. Dunya is dunya. Dunya is not Jannat. The place where there is no challenge, that place is called Jannat. And the place where there is no comfort, no peace, that place is called Jahannam. Dunya is a mixture of both. But a very small fraction of either side. There is a mixture of some challenges also. And there is happiness also. The person who is most challenged also, he also has his moments of happiness. He also has his moments of relief. There are times when he also smiles. And the person in all the lap of luxury and comfort and apparently no challenges, but he also holds his head sometimes not knowing what to do. And he's also in some circumstances at times that he is really in a difficult situation. Dunya is a mixture of both. So circumstances will change, halat, ahwal, this will keep changing from time to time. But a person who turns to Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala will keep his heart firm. He will also face the difficulties, he'll feel the pain too. He's insan. He's not something superhuman. He's insan, he'll feel grief, he'll feel pain, he'll feel anxiety, he'll feel worry. Nabi Salaam tied two stones to his belly out of hunger. He felt that pain of hunger also. Nabi Salaam's child passed away. His eyes also teared. And Sahabi asked him that you are crying? He says, yes, this is Rahmat. This is the mercy Allah Ta'ala has placed in the heart of a mu'min. But, وَلَا نَقُولُ إِلَّا مَا يَرْضَى بِهِ رَبُّنَا But we only say that which is pleasing to our Rabb. In other words, in moments of grief, in moments of tests, in moments of trials, whatever the situation may be, we don't utter anything that will displease Allah Ta'ala. We don't do anything that will displease Allah Ta'ala. So that too, that moment of grief, in that grief also a person starts getting closer to Allah Ta'ala. And these situations that come about which are beyond a person's control and put a person in a kind of mujahada. If he remains steadfast in that mujahada, this is ghair ikhtiyari mujahada. We should always ask for afiyat. Always beg Allah Ta'ala for afiyat, for safety, for being secure from all kinds of trials and tribulations, being saved from this. But this ghair ikhtiyari mujahada, involuntary mujahada. If a person remains steadfast in the sense that, despite whatever the emotions may be, whatever the grief may be, whatever the challenges may be, whatever the pain and difficulty may be, but he doesn't do anything against the command of Allah Ta'ala. He doesn't say anything that will displease Allah Ta'ala. He will express his emotion that is part of human nature. But he'll express that emotion within the limits of Shariat. 
he may express his pain also. He's a human, he'll feel the pain. But that rare ikhtiari and involuntary mujahada that comes sometimes, that is, one is that mujahada that a person undertakes voluntarily, that too is a means of great progress. But if that can be on a scale of 1 to 10, if the speed of that progress could be described as say for example 2 or 3, the voluntary mujahada, that too depends on the amount and the extent of the mujahada. But the average mujahada, if that can be said that this is now at the speed of say 20 kilometers an hour, 50 kilometers an hour, then that involuntary mujahada, which a person but conducts himself within the limits of shariat in that, and in that too he submits to Allah Ta'ala, then that will be at 250 kilometers an hour. That is something which Allah Ta'ala brings about sometimes on somebody who Allah Ta'ala wishes to progress in that speed. So in any case, the lesson here is to turn to Allah Ta'ala in all conditions. Allah Ta'ala then strengthens the heart of the person and keeps him firm in a situation where the person who doesn't turn to Allah Ta'ala would even lose his sanity. He will lose his mind, he won't be able to handle it. But a person who turns to Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala keeps him steadfast. Allah Ta'ala keeps him firm and Allah Ta'ala keeps him going forward. So the same thing is being mentioned here. إِنْ كَادَتْ لَتُبْدِي بِهِ لَوْلَا أَرَّبَطْنَا عَلَىٰ قَلْبِهَا لِتَكُونَ مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ That had we not strengthened her heart, she would have exposed us. But Allah Ta'ala caused her to be firm, to be steadfast. And as a result, she did not say this to anybody. But she decided to undertake some kind of means to just see, okay, without saying what's going on to anybody else, let us try to see what happened. So she said to the sister of Harun Musa Salaam, وَقَالَتْ لِأُخْتِهِ قُصِّيهِ فَبَصُرَتْ بِهِ عَنْ جُنُوبِ وَهُمْ لَا يَشْعُرُونَ said to Musa Alayhi sister, okay, you go down, you walk downstream and try and see what has happened. Where has this box gone to? So in any case, his sister now, she walks downstream and as she comes along, she sees that the people of Fir'aun, the maids of Fir'aun's household, they are now with this child. Oh, whether it was in the palace of Fir'aun, somehow she got in there, via some means, got herself to be allowed in, and she sees that this child, what has happened in the meantime, now these are all the divine arrangements from Allah Ta'ala's side. Allah Ta'ala says, وَحَرَّمْنَا عَلَيْهِ الْمَرَادِعَ مِنْ قَبْلِ That before Musa Salam even reached this point, Allah Ta'ala had made it impossible for him to suckle from any foster mother. So now when this child was already in the hands of Fir'aun's wife, now the first concern came that this child needs to be fed. So the foster mothers, anybody who could feed this child, were brought in, but he refused to drink from any, any mother. And now this is a child, he's going to be crying, he's hungry. And at that time, the sister of Musa salam, she comes along looking what has happened, and she sees there is this child, he's crying, they are trying to get somebody or the other to feed him, and he's refusing to suckle from any foster mother, so at that time she is now present and she says to them, فَقَالَتْ هَلْ أَدُلُّكُمْ عَلَىٰ أَهْلِ بَيْتِ يَكْفُلُونَهُ لَكُمْ وَهُمْ لَهُ نَاصِحُونَ That look, I can take you to somebody who will take care of him and he will, inshallah, take from, he will suckle from this woman and this household, they are those who will take good care of him also. They are well wishes of him. Ibn Abbas says that when she said these words, وَهُمْ لَهُ نَاصِحُونَ some of the housemaids of Fir'aun's palace, they became suspicious. 
that how can you say this? What do you know that this child will be well cared for and this household will be so good? In other words, this doubt came that perhaps this child has come from the same house. But she quickly made some excuse that no, they are well wishes of everyone. And a Muslim is a well wish of everyone in any case. But obviously the attachment to one's own child is something else. So they took it, okay, fine, this is what she probably meant, and they let it be. Now, this is the point Ibn Abbas kept on mentioning, that look, this was the other test. In that moment, if somebody really latched on and decided to investigate further, this was it. But at all these occasions, Allah Ta'ala kept on bringing Musa Islam, or rather Musa Islam is coming right into the jaws of death. Allah Ta'ala is saving him. Allah Ta'ala is removing him. Because Allah Ta'ala willed that he will be saved. And this is what is expressed in Urdu, Jisko khuda rakhe, usko kaun chakhe. Allah Ta'ala wishes to save somebody, who can touch him? So the thing in all this, this is the entire lesson of turning to Allah Ta'ala. And seeking Allah Ta'ala's protection. So any case now, that this has come to this point, they finally said, okay fine. They were in this desperation now, some child, somebody needs to feed this child. So the child was brought, Musa Islam's mother now received this child. And immediately he took to her. And they now are all very relieved, fine, somebody has been found. So now Fir'aun finally accepted, okay, this woman will look after this child. So she said, but I'll look after him in my own house, not in your house. I cannot leave my house and come. So they had no choice, because nobody else was able to feed this child. Now Fir'aun started paying to have this child fed by his own mother. And what is mentioned is, one dinar, one gold coin daily became the allowance to look after this child and feed him. Now she's feeding her own child in her own house and being paid by Fir'aun who was after looking for this child to murder him. This is the system of Allah wa ta'ala when Allah ta'ala wills that Allah ta'ala will bring about this miraculous way to protect the person. Inshallah we'll continue. Subhanallah.